Hi friends, and welcome to another broadcast of Faith Life with Pastor Earl and Friends. We are so glad that you joined us as we're going to study God's Word today. This will be part two of Revelation chapter six. Part two, this was the four horsemen of the apocalypse. We have studied thus far some incredible things. Revelation chapter 1, the vision of the glorified Christ, talks all about his person and his work, and just a wondrous chapter. Verse 19 is the outline for the book of the Revelation the Holy Spirit gave to you, and that is, write the things which thou hast seen, Revelation 1, the things which are, Revelation 2 and 3, and the things which shall be hereafter. That fourth chapter is triggered by the rapture of the church, where the true living believers will be caught up to be with Jesus. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, 13 to 18, 1 Thessalonians 1, 9 and 10, and Revelation chapter 3 and verse 10. He will keep us from the hour of temptation. We all have troubles and trials, but this will be that seven-year period spoken about in Daniel 9 and verses 24 to 27. There's a 490-year period of time where God is dealing with Israel 483 of those years have already transpired historically. This is the 70th week of Daniel that we're talking about. So in chapter 4 and 5 is an interlude where we see the throne of God, we see the living creatures, we see the elders, we see the angels, we see the saints just a glorious scene. And we see God the Father is on the throne. We do not see him in any human form. We see that he's like a diamond and like a ruby. And there's a sea of glass in front. And there's also the sevenfold spirits of the Spirit of God. Then there's an emerald rainbow that's around the throne of God and four living creatures, four living creatures that are singing holy, 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 or saying holy, 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 is our Lord God Almighty. One has the face of a lion, one has the face of an ox, one has the face of a man, and the other of an eagle, and each has six wings. The ones with the six wings are like the seraphims of Isaiah chapter 6. Now I'm going to give you in just a few moments a quick rundown of chapter 6, beginning with verse 1. But here's a wonderful outline for you, and it is of the book of the Revelation. Remember? Jesus is the Lion of the tribe of Judah, the one worthy in chapter 5 
to open the seals of what we will see in chapter 6. And we see that there is the Lamb of God, as he had been slain but now raised from the dead, he takes this scroll, the seven-sealed scroll, from God the Father, and he is the one that will be opening the seals, the Lamb who is a lion. I love this particular um, outline for Revelation, the entire book. Number one, the worship of the Lamb is all about Jesus, chapter one. The worshipers of the Lamb is chapters two and three, the church. And what we're seeing is chapter four, the wonder of the Lamb, heaven's administration, the angels, the throne of God, etc. I just described that. Well, chapter 6 to 19 is going to bring us to a place that may be hard for you to spiritually swallow. We see God as a God of love, and he is. But God is also a very just God, and he always does what is right. And he will judge sin. He will judge those that have done wrong and will not repent and have harmed and hurt mankind. God will judge those individuals. A lot of people like to see a picture of God as just all love. And God is loving by his nature. But there's also the side of God that if a man does not repent, and continues to harm his children, that individual will incur the wrath of God. It's as a parent, and if you are a parent and you love your children, you would not allow uh, someone to harm them in a restaurant or a grocery store. Someone came up and hurt your child or even tried to kill them. You would show there's another side of love, and that's wrath. So chapters 6 to 19 is all about the wrath of the Lamb. God has been merciful. God has been gracious. And now we will see his wrath being poured out upon this earth and the wickedness thereof. So get ready for that. We're going to give you this exposition of chapter 6, verses 1 and following. The final point of the outline is the wealth of the Lamb. And that's chapters 19 to 22, and we'll discuss a lot of that very soon. Chapter 6 and verse 1. And I saw when the Lamb was introduced to us as a lamb that had been slain in chapter 5. He opened one of the seals. Remember, the lamb took the scroll from God the Father because the lamb is Jesus who was given all authority. So he opens one of the seals. Remember, it's a scroll 
and it was written on the outside and the inside. It says, and I heard as it were the noise of thunder. Thunder tells us of there's an impending coming storm that has not been nor ever seen before. One of the four beasts, the living creatures that you learned about in chapters four and five saying, come and see, you will see this introduced time and again. It says, and I saw, verse two, and behold a white horse. The white is not particularly purity here, it speaks of peace, a very common symbol in those days, the one on the white horse bringing peace. And he that sat on him had a bow. This bow is also symbolic of a warrior. And a crown was given unto him. And remember, this crown in the Greek is not diadema. Only Christ wears that crown. This is Stephanos, a victor's crown, but not in the positive sense of the saints that have won these crowns, which they'll cast at the feet of Jesus. It says, and he went forth conquering and to conquer. This is a man of war. This is not Jesus Christ, for Jesus Christ comes in chapter 19 and verses about verse 11 and following. This is the counterfeit Christ, the Antichrist. He went forth conquering and to conquer. So this is not Jesus. Jesus at this point did not come to bring all this about as far as war. Chapter 6 and verse 3, And when he had opened the second seal, I heard the second beast or living creature say, Come and see. And there went out a out another horse that was red. This is symbolic of dominion. This is symbolic of scarlet. This is symbolic of war. It says, and power was given to him that was set thereon to take peace from the earth. And so these four horsemen of the apocalypse are these entities or administrations or governments that bring about these things. The first one is a false sense of peace with the Antichrist. But his ultimate goal will be particularly in the last half of the tribulation, many, many wars and conflicts. We're seeing the beginning of the conflicts even now as this broadcast is produced. That they should kill one another, and there was given unto him a great sword. We see in Matthew chapter 24, verses 6 to 8, that one of the signs of the end times and the coming of the Lord will be ethnic groups warring against other ethnic groups. And unto him was given a great sword. I believe this is an image of a 
weapon of mass destruction. And when he had opened the third seal, I heard the third beast or living creature say, Come and see. And I beheld, and lo, a black horse. The black horse represented famine, one of the results of this weapon of mass destruction, most likely some kind of a nuclear attack, would be the destruction of agriculture, animals, plants, vegetation. And black is symbolic of famine. We see this in Lamentations chapter 5. Below a black horse and he that sat on him had a pair of balances in his hand, what you would weigh wheat, etc. in. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts saying, a measure of wheat for a penny. A penny was the daily pay in the Roman time, a denario, 15 cents a day and three measures of barley for a penny, and see thou hurt not the oil and the wine. Now we are seeing that right now in the grocery stores, that our groceries are costing more and more and more. Food is um, becoming even scarcer, but can you imagine once a weapon of mass destruction is unleashed on this earth. We're talking about the time of the tribulation, the seven-year period of Daniel 9, 24 to 27, also called the time of Jacob's trouble. Now, I would encourage you at this time that you as a human being can escape the wrath of the Lamb and be loved and adored and protected by him if you'll simply receive him, repent of your sins, receive him as your Lord and your shepherd, and get into his fold. And so he had that pair of balance in his hands, and it says a measure of wheat for a penny, three measures of barley for a penny, and so it will affect these administrations, the Antichrist, the war, red horse, the black horse of famine are all, all going to affect this entire world. As we continue in verse seven, and when he had opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth beast or living creature say, Come and see. And I beheld a pale horse. This color pale is kind of a limish green type color. Uh, we see this in uh, Mark 6.39, Revelation 8.7. And his name that sat on the horse, sat on him rather, was death and hell, or death and Hades. And so the result of the war, the result of the famine, and the result of all this is death. And so he brings about tremendous amounts of death, the one on the pale horse. 
And it tells us that his name, that's his name that sat on the horse was death and hell or Hades. For if a man or a woman rejects Jesus Christ, there is no other alternative place for them than the place called Hades. They followed with him and power was given unto them over the fourth part of the earth. When it says them, it's talking about all four of these horsemen of the apocalypse. Part of the earth to kill with sword and with hunger and with death and with the beasts of the earth. Just the most miserable time on the earth. Not a time of prosperity, which you and I have seen. A horror show where a fourth of the people on this planet, because of the Antichrist's administration, because of the war, because of the famine, because of the pale horse of death, we're going to see, it says, and with death and the beasts of the earth. So we see that the sword and hunger and death and the beasts of the earth, it's just a horrible situation. The tribulation will be divided into two parts, three and a half years apiece. The first part the Antichrist will come as a man of peace, making a covenant with Israel. But in the middle of the tribulation, there is something called the abomination of desolation, where the Antichrist is going to break his covenant with Israel. And then what we have is called the great tribulation, the last three and a half years. Jeremiah 30 and verse 7 tells us it's the day of Jacob's trouble and that it is going to be a time such as no man has ever seen. Verse 9, and when he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain for the word of God and the testimony which they held. You might be saying right now, well, Pastor Earl, I thought all the believers were raptured. Who are these people? Well, according to Revelation chapter 13, once you sign on to the Antichrist system by receiving what is known as the mark of the beast in your forehead or in your hand, once you do that, your fate is eternally sealed. You cannot become a Christian. But during the tribulation, there will be, according to chapter 7, 144,000, 12,000 from each tribe of Jewish evangelists, and their Jewish believing evangelists will seek to reach the rest of the people in the world who have not been raptured. And so if somebody does not receive the mark of the beast, they will be hunted down like an animal. And that 
is the ones described in verse 9. When he had opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar, talking about in heaven, the souls of them that were slain. They had not yet received their new glorified bodies. Some commentators say they might receive some type of temporary body. And it says they were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. And so here in the 10th verse, where we'll close today, it says, And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell upon the earth? And so we believe that they are in some type of of temporary body. They're under the um, throne of God, rather, the altar, rather, not the throne, under the altar, and they're crying out for um, their deliverance. And we're going to find out that God does not leave his people without deliverance. He always delivers them. Now, I know this has been a difficult passage to digest, but you need to have the clear teaching of God that God is love, but God also has a time where he is showing his justice and must exert his wrath upon all the evil of mankind. We have about six more verses to go through. So on our next broadcast, we will share those verses with you and then some more outline for the time of the tribulation. As I shared before, the tribulation is chapter 6 to 19a, and we will not go through all of the details of the tribulation. You can read that for yourself and we'll get into chapter 19. But our next broadcast that we have, we'll share the rest of chapter 6, and then kind of an outline to help you understand the entire book of Revelation, particularly how chapter 6 to 19 is the time of the tribulation. My dear friend, if you do not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, Will you come to him today? I humbly plead with you to come to Christ. I do the best that I can. I know I make um, some mistakes and things, and none of those things are deliberate. I'm just a frail human being that wants to share the word of God and the love of God with you. And the way I can show you my love and God's love is to warn you about this time of great sorrow on the earth, and you can be delivered from it at the rapture of the church. So will you pray this with me? Pray, dear Lord, I realize I'm a sinner. I need you to be my Lord and Savior. I receive you right now. I confess Jesus as my Lord. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. This is Pastor Earl. I do love you, and I want you to contact me if you need to via email, charisman, C-H-A-R-I-S-M-A-N-1234 at gmail.com or text me at 386-795-8494. If you would like to underwrite this ministry, a portion of everything that you give will go to mission projects. And I just want you to know how deeply God loves you and wants you to become his child.